to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am joined by, wow, a seasoned entrepreneur. This is Tyler Robertson from Diesel Laptops. Welcome, Tyler, to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you because you have a super successful business and I want to get into the nuts and bolts, you know, your journey and how you got there. So let's kick off with, tell us a little bit about diesel laptops and how did you even get started? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what we do is we provide efficiency solutions to other businesses around truck and commercial equipment repair. So we sell tools, we do training, we have software solutions, we have all these things you need to fix, diesel-powered equipment, essentially. And it was seven years ago, it'd be seven years in March, that I, I quit my job working for someone else. I was in my dining room table in my garage, literally, and it was just me, no outside funding, no angel investors. And you know, we've been able to scale it all the way up now. We got about 200 employees and we do north of 50 million in revenue and we're still growing at a, at a pretty fast clip. And we did a bootstrapping without taking a bunch of money on. So it, it's been it's been a fun, fast journey that I never planned for. So it's it's been exciting. Yeah, that's a, that 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 is actually incredible. So let's take take us back to that moment because I know um, that you you were working full time and you were given an ultimatum. So what I mean, what were you doing at that point? How did this ultimatum come about? Like, talk us through that moment in your in your journey. Well, when I look back on it, I can say not a lot of people are happy with the current situation. So, I mean, I was working 50 hours a week for someone else and I was working 40 hours a week at home and mm-hmm. I have a wife, I got a one-year-old, a three-year-old and, you know, my wife keeps asking like, what, this can't go on forever. What are we doing? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. but I'm making money and I love my job. <laughs> it's going good. Let's just keep going. Right. So, and it wasn't good for me either. Right. Working 90 hours a week is not healthy for anyone in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and my employer started to not like it either. Um, and you know, they came to me one day, like you said, and they said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, double your bonus and we're going to be a raise, uh, but you need to quit your job <laughs> or you need to resign one, you know, that, that's, that's the path here. You need to pick one. And I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, change. Um, but sometimes when change is forced upon you, it, it's really a good thing at the end of the day. And in that case, it was probably the best gift someone ever gave me was, was making me choose that decision. And, um, I was going to choose the, the wrong way. I was going to quit my side business and my wife's the one that convinced me to, hey, let's let's give it a try and see what happens here. So I give her wow. total credit for that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. interesting because, you know, obviously she was like, what do you, like, you know, this is taking all this time, which is totally, you know, understandable. Um, and yet she was still the one who pushed you. So let's, let's have a chat because that could not have been an easy decision to be making. I mean, getting paid really well <laughs> with, you've got certainty, you've got safety, you know, you could have projected that out and be like, we could be really comfortable for a long, long time versus taking the plunge and all of the answer, all of that that goes with it. So what was kind of almost like, why do you think that she pushed you in the way that she did? And, you know, what was that, what were those discussions like between the two of you? 
Yeah. So I think there's a couple of variables there. One, you know, my side hustle was obviously getting busier and busier, right? So we had a good trend line going there. Mm. Um, two, we, yes. we had no... Yeah. No, sorry, at that point, can you share what uh, what were you kind of doing in, in revenue? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot different than I was. I literally had none of my own products. I was just taking other people's products and making a bundle and, right, making, yeah. you know, so I make a little more value there and, yes. and, and selling it. Right. So, okay. you know, you know, we were moving some dollars, but there wasn't a ton of margin there to, to yeah. have at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so that that's where it started was just other people's products. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, the other advantage we had is I had no debt. So me and my wife, we've, we had that problem with debt young in our young lives and had too much of it and, and, and had to work through that. And we just said, we're not going down that road again. So we were very fortunate to, at the, our house was paid off. I had a great job. She was a stay-at-home mom. So we were, we were doing, you know, comfortable, as you said. And I had that paycheck every other week and a 401k and health insurance and two, two kids under three. So, I mean, that was the real risk, but when you really look at it, and I think people stare themselves in the mirror and think about this, when you work for someone else, it can be gone tomorrow and it can be nothing you do. I mean, queue up 08, queue up 2000. I mean, this happens to people every single day because businesses make business decisions that, that affect other people's lives, unfortunately. And I was like, you know, and she said it right. She goes, look, if this doesn't work, just go get a job for somebody else again. You're highly employable. Someone will hire you. Yeah. You know what? You're you're absolutely right. Like if we're ever going to do it, this is probably the time to go do it before the kids do get older and get involved in schools and, and all these things. So we don't know where it's going to twist and turn. So she she really pushed me and I, I still give her tons of credit to that, you know, this day. Yeah. And she reminds me of that all the time too. So of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is totally understandable. It is her job to remind you of just how lucky you are. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to talk about the almost like the mindset of the internal struggle at that point because obviously you had so, it was you had someone um, who obviously loves you give you that push, but a lot of it sometimes is like you know yourself and you know your own beliefs about whether you could do it and you know or like tell us talk us through what was kind of almost that internal struggle that might have been happening e- either at that time or any time in the journey really to your to your growth yeah and again I, I keep throwing a lot of credit to my wife here but I mean she has been obviously a huge cheerleader and I think that's part of the entrepreneur journey is the confidence side of it too like hey is this is this going to work is it not so like I remember I quit my job the two weeks notice me and the wife is scorched earth, right? Like cut every bill we have, you're at a cable, like let's just go down to beans and rice and let's just let's just figure this out. And I remember I woke up in the morning, I, I start working and doing these things and I'm like, okay, it's lunchtime. I mean, you know, she's like, oh, I'll get some lunch for you. She's like, how's it going? How much have you sold today? And I'm like, nothing, I've sold zero so far. You know, <laughs> you can tell that look like, are you sure this is the right decision? But you know, I think things started building up pretty, pretty quickly. And it's really amazing. And I've met other entrepreneurs, right? They do something part-time and they're not sure and it's going. And until you really go through a hundred percent of your time and energy into something, it's really hard to get the traction that you, that, that that's there. Mm. Looking back on it, if you would have told me like, Tyler, you could go do 50 million a year in revenue in this company. If you really put your nose to the grindstone, I would have said, no way. Our industry can't do that. That's impossible. All those things. Mm. And it, it just starts with putting that effort forward to start accomplishing those things and getting some momentum going. Wow, that's crazy. So what were you, I mean, how long almost did that take to feel a sense of security and certainty from the business? Like how long do you think that was for you? Yeah, four years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because here's the thing. Here's here's why I say that. It's because 
I, you know, I would make money and then I'd be like, well, now I need employees to help me ship more products. So now you bring an employee on and the, the yeah. first one's really scary. Cause like, oh, wow. Now, now somebody else and, and their family's depending on this paycheck and this thing to work. Yes. And then you kind of work through that and you're like, okay, now I got to move over the house. I got to go rent a spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now you got more expenses. Like, man, this is going to work. Right. And, yeah. and you're doing all this and you're, you're, you're buying more inventory. You're trying to do more things. Now you got receivables to deal with and accounting things. You got to hire more people. And all of a sudden you think you have a good year and the tax time comes around and you're like, oh, by the way, government, like I want my fourth, a third or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't have that money. I spent it all on these other things. What are we going to do? Right. So, it, and as your business, especially in your high growth business, you outrun your cash in a heartbeat yeah. because you just can't get it in the door and turn it fast enough. And thankfully, a lot of what we did was credit cards. But I remember the first time we got a very big deal and it was, you know, like a hundred thousand dollar order. And I was like, I, I'm, I don't know if we can even afford to carry a, a, the balance for, for 30 yeah. or 60 days. So what do, how do, how do we do this? And, you know, thankfully again, we, we lived very frugally and we were very careful with our money. And I was very cautious of taking money out. I didn't take a paycheck out for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I did, I was the lowest paid employee in the company. And I, I wasn't taking, the only time I ever took money out was to pay taxes. Um, and it was a bare minimum to get by. And, you know, in hindsight, that that really sucked. But now you look back on it and, you know, now, now all of a sudden we sit here at year seven. I'm like, now we have the opposite problem. Like now we have too much cash sitting around doing nothing. We got high inflation. It's sitting in the bank. It's worth less than it was last month. Mm. We got to figure this out. So it, it does scale up and it does go back in your favor. It was just four or five years of, are we going to have money to make payroll this week? And, and all those things that go through. So it, it's good to be in a better place that we are today. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's because we don't keep growing and make the right decisions. And I love that you shared that because um, a lot of entrepreneurs, definitely the ones that I speak to and, you know, are clients of mine, but also, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, like it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, why aren't things happening now? You know, we're so impatient. We know we have just a great capability, great, like all of that, but it's like, why isn't it, why isn't it happening now? And I think it does take, you know, um, definitely, you know, your journey to go like, yeah, look, it took this person for at least four years to just get to the point of like, you know, being pretty good, like the, the businesses were doing well, you have, you can now pay yourself more, all of that. It does take time, some of these things, especially when you're growing. Um, so yeah, that, thank you for sharing that with us. Cause yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, a lot no, of no problem. I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. Right. And that, you know, and I, I swear when I started my business, I said, I'm never going to do a couple things. No one's ever going to owe me money and I'm not going to keep much inventory in hand. And then you wake up one morning and you realize you got $10 million tied up between the two of them and you can't, you can't pay this other bill. You know, so that was always the frustrating thing going, going to my wife or even talking to my family and like how business like, oh, great. We're going to do like, you know, $20 million this year, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like, but we got no cash. <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing in the bank account. But that's, that's how the real world works. And yeah. that, was the, that was the decision we made by not taking on investors and raising capital and doing those things is because we didn't yeah. think we needed to. And in hindsight, it, it's a long game, but it, it works out pretty well for you at the end. Yeah, awesome. Now, I do want to talk about this because, oh, when I, uh, when I read this in the notes that you, you sent me, I was like, oh, uh, so my background, just by, I, I've been an entrepreneur for a decade as well. My, um, about four, three, oh gosh, I lost count now, three to four years ago, I found out. So we have dessert bars in Sydney. Um, we're living in New York right now. Um, and one of our store managers of one of our um, outlets, we found out three to four years ago had been stealing from us hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was, so I know exactly, okay, but I, 
I've been through that myself and I know that you've been through it. And I would love to get your perspective on a, like what happened, like with that story, but also, you know, what that did to you from a emotional perspective, mindset, you know, and then what impact, if at all, that had to the, to the to your actual business. Would you mind sharing that? With yeah, us? yeah, no problem. So it was literally one of the first employees we hired, right? Mm. And so now we're up to 120, 130 employees. And this person had been like, this was the cheerleader. We have the, the, the annual Christmas party. She's the one grabbing the microphone, greatest place to work. I love this company, yes. you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So it, it's no one you'd really suspect. And then we come to find out that she was in charge of HR and she, she put a previously terminated employee back on payroll. They didn't really work for us. And then when the manual checks would come in for payroll, some were deposits, some were manual checks. She would, she would get the packet, pull that check out, forge my signature, and then she would forge the employee's signature and remote deposit the check into her account. So because she was the one controlling it all, no one ever saw anything and no one, no one dug into the details mm. um, until, until she was on vacation and somebody else had to do payroll and some, some, some weirdness come up through that whole thing. And, wow. and that's how it got found out. And she ended up, she ended up getting arrested and, um, you know, hauled off in handcuffs and, and that whole thing. And it yeah. actually two years later, because of COVID, you know, threw a wrench in the whole legal process, uh, she ended up, I, I finally got my first retribution check. So I, I finally got paid back some of the money that, that she took from us. Right. Um, but it, it, it was, yeah, the money sucked, right? There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking, it was, I can tell everyone it was well over $10,000, which is the max for the, the legality issues here. Um, so, you know, the gut check as a business owner is how do you ever trust anybody again? That's the problem that you run yeah. into. And I didn't have a choice because if I, I went the other way and just got micromanaging and closed down and locked things down, yes. it was going to slow down the business growth and slow down all the things that we were accomplishing as a company. Yes. So I, 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 to me, it wasn't even a decision. I was like, I can't do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to go deal with some controls and, and put some more things in place. But I can tell anybody listening to this that owns a business or entrepreneur or even works. There's a there's a hundred ways to steal money from me, right? Especially from employees inside the company. So to lock every key, it, it's almost impossible. You just got to hire and trust. You get the best people and put a good culture in place and the best the best processes and controls you can. Mm -hmm. So we do a much better job. And I always tell people, they like, look, I'm I'm thankful there was another zero at the end of that whole that whole situation <laughs> or two zeros at the end of it. And, and we've yeah. had other things happen too. We've had Amazon, people hacked our Amazon account and sold 40 grand, right? So think, all things like this have happened. And I've just looked at everyone and said, you know what? I, it's my fault at the end of the day. It's not, it's not anybody else's. I'm, I'm the owner. I made the decisions. I made the decisions to focus on sales and marketing and say, I'll deal with this other stuff later. That's, that's on me. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That was that was a really expensive lesson. Let's let's call that <laughs> let's call that a year's tuition at a nice college. <laughs> That's what that me. But I learned a lesson, and I guarantee you. And I tell everybody around here, mistakes are okay. We're, we're okay making mistakes. Just yeah. don't make the same one twice. Yes. And that's what I came out of it was that won't happen again. And it could have been a lot worse. And at least I got some legal justice after after two years on that on that particular issue. But for entrepreneurs, that's business. You're, you're going to get, you're going to run into to employee issues, customer issues, vendor issues. Yeah. A lot of people out there looking, you know, to, to make a quick buck the wrong way and you got to be careful, but you also got a business to run. You got to trust your employees. Yeah, totally. And, oh, wow. It's the same. It was like 
the same thing when you said like I had two options. I could either <laughs> like try to move move on um, or you know start to micromanage and do. And that was literally the same thing we went through. Yeah. And that was actually the catalyst for us moving to the other side of the world because we were like, <laughs> we just know that we're not going to be able to almost help ourselves in a way. So that has been actually been really freeing for us and for the rest of our team as well. Um, so now I want to I want to get into the fact that you have been offered a lot of money for your company and you turned that down. What, yeah. was, what was that? Tell us about all of that. Yeah, I mean, so it's weird, right? You go to bed one day, you never, you never I never thought, I was never trying to build a company to sell or, or do anything like that. I mean, you go to, you go to, you go to bed one day and not knowing what you're worth and the next day wake up and someone put that big wheelbarrow money in front of you. Um, and you know, we're not, we're not talking, you know, 5 million and 10 million. We're talking a lot of zeros on these things. Mm. And at the end of the day, as a business owner, you got to balance a lot of things in your life. You got to balance, you got to balance personal life, you got to balance your business life. And, and what do you want to do long-term and what are you doing? At the time that deal came through, it, it was definitely a lot of money, more money than I think most people would ever spend in a lifetime. But it, it wasn't it, it wasn't an important piece to me. So and it wasn't the right time for me to do anything either. And I would have basically been giving up a lot of control, basically all the control for you know some money and a lot of stock and a lot of these other things. And I'm like, well, now I lost control of everything I'm building and it's in somebody else's hands. And I don't, I don't like that. And the fact is if someone's, and this is really what it came down to me. If someone's offering me that today, and I'm not even asking for it. What if I can really build this to where I think it can go and I want to sell it? It's mm. probably a much bigger number. And the fact is I'm not hurting for money today. I don't need that money today. It's not going to change my lifestyle or who I am. Yeah. We got, again, young kids. We're trying to teach them, you know, the best we can. And we know there's that option always is always going to be there for us. So anyone that owns a business, the option to sell is always there. You just got to decide when it is. And I had a new employee asking me the same question. Like, what's the end game here? And I go, well, I can tell you the end game is I'm never going to own it forever. I mean, they're going to die or retire. <laughs> One of those two things. <laughs> uh, or, so the real question is, 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 is when, is when are those things going to happen? Mm. And I think as every business owner needs to start thinking through what, what is their exit strategy? So I, I know plenty of people that own businesses and they don't have an exit strategy. It's, well, I'm going to die or sunshine. I'm like, that's not a strategy. That's, that's something else. <laughs> So that's, that is something everyone needs to think through though. But yeah. again, you know, money's great, but you still want to be happy and you want to do things in your life. And for me, the, the, the goal's never been to make a bunch of money. It's been to go build a great business. And even now the why's even changed. We built a great business. Now let's go create a positive impact in our industry and make the, our little space a little bit better at the end of the day. And to me, that's more important to find out right now than anything else. Yeah, I love that because obviously, you know, anyone who listens to this this podcast believe in the power of storytelling. And so that they, they, they are similar, similarly like heart-centered entrepreneurs, which you you clearly are. Um, and now you just told us all these stories that truly make you remarkable. So can I ask you, how how do you currently share this with your audience? Or do you maybe first of all? And 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 then if you do, how? Yeah. So we so like, I'm really active in my industry, right? And I, I have a podcast show as well. It's more our industry space. And I speak at trade shows. And mm. the, the mentality around here isn't the products we have and the things we sell. It's how we're going to help you be a better business. Mm. And that's what we go into businesses and explain. And the reviews we get from people aren't, you know, we get that you're a great product and service, but it's more, what's more impactful is you're helping me make more money. You're improving my downtime. You're helping me be better at this. And that's the bigger impact that we're trying to get across in the space. 
And that's a really hard message to get across to people is the, why do you do this message, right? To people versus the, what we have to sell. So we definitely try very hard to get that across to customers. We do a lot of three things. We do, I mean, I give away so much product and we, we, like, for example, we spent over a million dollars developing a software program that we could easily go sell against an existing competitor. And we Mm -hmm. said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make ours free. And we're going to make it free because A, there's a better long game to be played here. Um, and B, it's going to go help a lot of people with their problems that they're having in their organization. So mm-hmm. I'm able to do those things because I don't have debt. I don't have stockholders. I, I can make these decisions to keep playing that long game over and over and over again, which is really, really liberating here as a business owner. Love that. Okay. So what would you credit for growth of your business in terms of the mar- marketing you've done in the last you know, seven years? Um, let me start there and then I'll ask you the next question from there. Yeah. I mean, if I look at the, just the, you know, just purely the marketing side, I mean, we saw number one, we solved a big problem in our industry. A lot of people that own repair shops want to work on every brand, every make possible to fix their equipment. And we really stepped in and said, Hey, we got a great product for that. So, nice. so that the products definitely helped on the marketing side you know, in our industry, and we're in the B2B space, right? So in the B2B space, and we're in the trucking industry, which is like this old school business. <laughs> Nobody does online marketing. They all do salespeople. They knock on doors. They try to go out there and they show people like, here's my product. And they have, they literally show it. Like yeah. that's the way our industry still works today for the most part. And we just said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go sell these, these $10,000 tools and such. And we're never going to go do a demo. And we're never going to go see people in person. And everyone's like, you're crazy. You'll never sell any. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, internet marketing works. <laughs> if you know how to do it, it works, right? And, and B2B, it, not a lot of people do B2B internet marketing very well. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that we actually do very, very well here at, at our company. Um, so that's that's been a huge thing. And, and it's funny, we still see people selling against us the old way. And we're like, man, what are they doing? It makes no sense. But they look at us probably thinking the exact same thing. So, yes. but yeah, it's internet marketing. It's out there 24-7. If you do it right, you again, play the long game. It, it does yeah. tremendous for you. And can you um, delve a little bit deeply when you say internet marketing marketing for you? Because there's so much in internet marketing. So what were the yeah. specific strategies that have worked for you? Yeah. I mean, at first it was, we're just going to go rank really high for all the things people are searching for. And we're going to make sure we show up on, on Google Organic number one. So for the yeah. audience listening to this, I, I just saw this stat today. The top ad on Google that you pay for has like a 2% click-through rate. The number the number one organic listing for people are searching for has a 35% click-through rate, right? That's yeah. the traffic you want. You can buy it, but you can also go get it. So we, we focused a ton. My first, my first years, I was like, every single week, I'm going to do one piece of SEO to go drive traffic to my, to my page. Mm. And we just focused on that over and over again. So today you Google anything in our space, we, we pop up number one. So that was a big piece that we did. And another big piece of it is I said, I need an outlet to talk about my journey and my, my business and what I have going on. And as much as I'd like to talk to my wife about that, she's not a business person. She doesn't know. And I don't have friends that are business owners. Right. So where do I go? I'm like, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and just start talking about my journey. So I can look at LinkedIn and I can tell you last year, just my posts alone had over 2 million impressions that people read my posts. Um, and that's double from the year before. So you can tell there, there's ways to do those things. And we do all kinds of things. We do a virtual trade show every year. I do a podcast. We got blogs. We got, I mean, I have a YouTube channel that has almost 8 million views about truck diagnostic tools. Nobody would ever think that about truck diagnostic tools. So no matter what space you're in, 
You just got to go find your people. They're online. You just need to go, yeah. you go find them and, and yeah. traffic will come. It's yeah. not overnight, but it, it definitely works. Yeah, amazing. Um, and where are you looking to invest in your marketing going forward um, to actually generate leads for your business? Like, yeah, what does the future hold for you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we sit here and our marketing team generates thousands of leads a month for our sales team. And we're at the point now where, yeah, things are going good there. And we're like, you know what? We can do even better. So we look at our website and we're like, okay, just our website alone gets, you know, half a million, million views a year, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. What if we just got 1% more of that traffic to convert and engage with us? Yeah. Wow. That's another 5,000 leads times $10,000 each. So that's huge. So a lot of what we're doing now isn't big grandiose changes. It's, Let's go optimize this and let's just go for those 1% wins because we know now that we have volume that 1% wins translate into huge, huge numbers. And we're doing that across the marketing side. We're doing that across the sales funnel side. We're doing that across our CRM and how we manage and deal with customers and where we focus our best time. So now it's the fun part. Now it's the fine tuning. Let's get it. Let's optimize this thing even more than we have been and keep creating great content and finding out where the content is coming from and keep doubling down on it. So that's that's where we're at right now. Love that. I love that. Um, I'm a big, big fan of optimization. So you had, you had me, you had me there. Uh, This has been so super helpful for everyone listening to this. So if anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah. So diesellaptops.com if they want to learn about the industry if they want to follow my ramblings and all the things we have going on in our journey, LinkedIn, just look up Tyler Robertson. I'm, I'm sure I'll pop right up on there. Amazing. Well, you guys, you heard it here and we will definitely be dropping those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Tyler, for joining us on the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone else, if you love this episode, leave us a review, leave us a rating, subscribe, share it with all your friends, and I will see you on the next one. Bye. Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you.